Hi, welcome to the first episode of Nice to Meet You, an open podcast started by Tech Initiative. My name is Grace. Is politics important to you? Well, that's a big question. Some people feel politics is so important that it can change our life drastically. Some other think politics is a dirty game and we should keep distance from it. Moreover, our perspective towards politics are so different. It can be domestically, internationally, about governance or about powers. Today, we have invited Tian Hong and Esther to join this conversation. Now, let's listen to them. Nice to meet you. In my imagination, you came from Kuchai, having two siblings in your family, and you accepted the, the invitation to attend this activity because you are curious and want to partake in this newborn podcast. Well, actually, I come from Kuchong and I do have two siblings in my family. I accepted the invitation to attend this activity because I'm willing to provide my perspectives uh, in order to stimulate more conversations within the youth community. So from what I think, you also come from Pujong. You might have a younger sibling in your family and you accepted the invitation to attend this activity because you think there is a general lack of, of, of awareness in politics that needs to be addressed. Right. So I think we're on the same page here in terms of youth participation in politics in general. But uh, let, let me answer. Uh, so I, I come from Pujong also. So that's... Uh, your guess is correct. And then I have two siblings in my family. You also, correct, uh, you also guessed that correctly. I have a, I have a younger brother. And I, I accepted the, the, the invitation to attend this activity because I would like to contribute and involve myself in this uh, brilliant and engaging initiative. In my imagination, you love Malaysia's lifestyle, but you think economic stagnation, uh, basically lack of opportunities and social mobility is the biggest problem in our country. That's quite a mouthful. Uh, first of all, I do agree that I love Malaysia's lifestyle and what I wrote here is I love Malaysia's culture but lifestyle is part of it. But I think even though all those topics you mentioned above are problems in the country but for me, governance might be the biggest problem in our country. So I think from your perspective, you probably love Malaysia's culture, people, food uh, but you might think lack of democracy is the biggest problem in our Right. Okay. For the okay, I love Malaysia's way of life and culture, which I think <laughs> yeah, we're all on the, we're all on the same page now. You know, Malaysia is our beloved country, and we're we're all accustomed to this. I don't know. For me, Malaysia is quite laid back or civilized. Our, our culture is it's quite chill. You know, everyone is. Uh, I don't know because I've not been to other countries. Uh, you know, for a long term, I've only been to other countries for vacation or whatnot. Uh, but generally, I think Malaysians are laid back, are chilled, and also we're friendly. We're very friendly to strangers. So I, I like this culture and also I like the food here. That's you know, without a doubt. Lah. I want to go Mama right now, to be honest. And also, now, uh, second point is, I think for me, the lack of progress in reforming our political system is the biggest problem in our country. So basically, uh, governance, lah. you know, like, like, like what you mentioned just now. We also, we, we, we agree that governance and also the lack of democratic reform process in Malaysia is the biggest problem. Lah. And this will, and, and basically, the, the lack of reform, 
the lack of good governance will lead to economic stagnation, will lead to the lack of social mobility, lead, will lead to, you know, a myriad of problems. Uh. So the, the root problem is good governance. Uh. In my imagination, uh, in your opinion, politics isn't a big deal to you. It's something that occasionally pops up in your life when something big happens, like the change of regime. But other than that, it is merely something you do every five years via voting. And secondly, the aim of politics in our, in our country is to improve Malaysia's general quality of life. Actually, I think the truth might be a bit different from that. I do think politics is important and it does mean something to me. I wouldn't say politics is something that has to be enforced on every single person. Like, if you choose to be apathetic to politics, um, that's your choice. won't really affect much because that's your personal decision. And even though we all know that politics like, play an important part in our life, I don't think it should be something that we press on everyone. So uh, I say that because in my opinion, I think the exact opposite is for you. It's like accurate for you. In my imagination, perhaps things that uh, politics should be something that everyone should be like quite aware of and also be like alert about so that they can actually know what's going on uh, behind the scenes of the government. And I think you got that part right where you talked about how I think uh, the aim of politics is to improve our quality of life. I do think uh, politics itself is there so that we can use different means to achieve the best possible outcome for good governance for the country. And I think on this, we might also share similar opinions on like the aims of politics, which is generally to create a better country for all the citizens. So we all are in support, in favor of good politics so that someone or some party can run the country nicely, effectively, efficiently, so as to provide better lives for all its citizens. Okay, in my opinion, politics means a lot to me since, uh, first of all, it impacts my daily, right, it impacts my daily life, of course, because now, for example, the government announced the uh, lacks in, you know, SOPs such as, not mistaken, you don't have to scan my subject code, and then you don't have to wear the, the mask mandate isn't, isn't mandatory right now uh, for outdoors so it impacts my daily life you know basically day-to-day -day governance public policies it, it all affects our daily life and also it, it affects my future life also because you know uh, for example you know the ringgit is in a terrible shape right now you know I, I'm actually saving up to go to Japan this year end right and the, the, the state of the ringgit is just pathetic let me tell you that pathetic some say it's because of macroeconomic issues, but I think, you know, deep down we all know it's the, the root of the problem is good governance in Malaysia. Our industry is unproductive enough to export and then there's no demand for our products. Our industry, our companies aren't competitive in the global market and that leads to, a, you know, a drop in demand for ringgit. So, I, yeah, it, it affects my future life, definitely. You know, if I want to go, 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 if I want to go to, you know, go somewhere to travel, if I want to study overseas, then... The, the weak state of ringgit disables me, disables this, uh, all these options. Uh. So yeah, it definitely impacts my daily and future life. And also secondly, I indirectly earn money through politics as a columnist writing political commentaries for a high school magazine. I'll call it a high school magazine called Shehai. And I mostly write Chinese political and social issue commentaries. Uh. And thirdly, I think politics is generally a great entertainment source for everyone. Right, uh, especially because you know sometimes our ministers are like comedians. Uh, they they are actually very, you know, when the rakyat is suffering, when the rakyat is suffering from all this inflation with all this all these issues, you know, they will sometimes uh, give us laughable jokes. So really appreciate their laughable jokes, uh.
Thank you very much, ministers. <laughs> and also, Lex, the, the, the aim of politics in our, in our country, you know, for me, I think politics is, uh, politics is not, a, it's not a battle on which ideology is the best. It's not the battle on you know, which character, which personality uh, came out on top at the end of the day. No, I think politics you know, at its root is to improve the Rakyat's quality of life, to enable our beloved nation to finally earn a place or join the ranks of the developed nation. I think that's the only goal of politics. Well, I think that's quite an interesting view. And maybe I can like start on with like my background because uh, I wouldn't say I am very involved in like domestic politics, but I would say that I do have a general interest in politics, which extends to like international politics because like the part that I'm more interested is in, in international relations. And I think, well, this discussion is kind of bringing me to like think about this issue on a bit, as in like, how can I be interested in international politics, but at the same time, not that interested in domestic politics? Because usually people think it's something like of a level. You first get interested in domestic politics and then you move up a step to like international. So actually, I think it might be because, um, you know, like politics in our country is something that is very, very complicated. And I do admit that part of the reason why I'm not that interested is because the history and the workings behind it is just too complicated. It's not something you can like delve in and understand in a days of few. And I'm not saying that uh, international politics is easier to understand, but at least it gives you a sense of like progress more because you have much more resources. However, I cannot say the same for domestic politics. So here I would just like to put out a question back to you. So do you think uh, commentaries or articles that that will like talk about the current affairs of politics in the country be useful to youths or whoever in general that are interested in politics. You know, all these commentaries and articles, if you have to write it from a very, um, very basic, with very basic wording, it's actually very hard to express what's going on in the background. But if you start using things like political jargon and, you know, like some certain politic terms or like uh, some document, like some official names for the document, it might be hard for the average reader to delve into it. At the same time, the readers have to have a sense of like knowledge about the history of the politics and you know with all the parties we have going on, especially the minister's name, which, is all, which, which are all like very, very long. Nightmare. Basically a nightmare. <laughs> especially for reporters. Exactly. Exactly. Like, like I mentioned, domestic politics, you don't really have a lot of resources. Sometimes you have to rely on multiple languages, right? You have to go and look up like what the Chinese news is saying about it, what the Malay news is saying about it, what the English news is saying about it. And they all have different names in different languages. So do you think like commentaries or articles like this in general would be helpful for you to delve into? Well, I don't think so because uh, for me, uh, for my case, you know, I got interested in politics because of these political commentaries and articles, you know, when, when I was young, well, I would just, because I was very free back then. So I was reading newspaper, you know, and I saw a bunch of guys, you know, they have this profile, they, they have their, you know, big, they have this photo taken of them and then there's this big article uh, on the right side of their photo and I thought it was cool. So I read those articles and yeah, to be honest with you, for a political, for a newbie, 
for a rookie like me, back then, I don't, I don't understand a single word. Through the years, when I read more and more articles, I get to understand. And also through a lot of Google search and also asking my parents because, you know, they know the political history, Malaysia's political history, especially, especially uh, 80s and 90s. Uh, because most political commentaries, if they want to bring up Malaysian political history, they will bring up the days of the 90s, uh, especially uh, Barisan Alternative. And then you have, what, what, what do you have back then? You have Semangat. You know, they'll bring up those days. And also, you know, the Malaysian constitutional crisis, you know, regarding Saleh Abbas, uh, Saleh Abbas case. And so a lot. Lah. So, yeah, lah, you need to Google search all this because the general public and also, yeah, as you said, lah, the resources on the internet regarding domestic politics is quite, it's not that available if compared to international politics. But to me, I still prefer uh, domestic politics. But uh, at, at the same time, I will still, you know, I will still take note on you know international politics because international politics inter- international affairs are is also very important and i think malaysian malaysians are lacking in their understanding basic graphs of international politics uh, especially you know basic international issues such as you know the palestine israel conflict such as the you know the the the, the middle eastern wars such as you know the afghan issue and also yeah, and also the recent ukrainian uh, ukrainian war lah. You know, most of their views, most of their thoughts are developed through uh, domestic media. Instead of looking at a wider picture, they, they will, like, for example, for example, most Malaysian Chinese will side with, I, I won't say most, but some Malaysian Chinese will side with the Russians because they think, you know, Ukrainians and Russians, they are all Slavics and that Russia should conquer Ukraine because they are all the same race, so they should conquer them. Uh, and also this, 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 this reiterates, or it's a mirror to what you know, Malaysian Chinese feel about the China-Taiwan issue. Lah. So yeah, most, uh, most of their I would say understanding, also their thoughts on international politics is restricted to what they know, is restricted to sometimes, and I'm not saying all times, but sometimes their skin tone. So it's very sad. And also uh, for the Malay point, uh, for the uh, non-Malay, uh, for the Malay uh, point of view, you know, for the Israeli and Palestine crisis, you know, most people, I would say, yeah, all of them will side with Palestine and also for this Ukrainian crisis, they will side with the Russian because, uh, because Ukrainians are aligned with the United States and then, you know, and then the United States is aligned with Israel. So uh, most Malays will hate the Ukrainians because Ukrainians are aligned to the United States. So most Malaysians, their, their view is very restricted, I would say. And, you know, there's much, there's a lot of uh, space for improvement uh, for, in terms of our, uh, you know, international perspective for Malaysians. Uh. I think at this point of the discussion, it would be quite useful for us to, perhaps we should like talk about domestic politics and international politics separately. Because on international politics so far, I feel like we have a consensus of it, which is that even though it might be harder to grasp the big picture, because for international politics, you need to know about histories of the countries, you have to know about what the diplomatic ties between countries are. But at the same time, like I said, resources are really all over the place if you want to find some. And I would generally say that commentaries and articles from you know, established sources like uh, The Diplomat or maybe Channel News Asia, all of these, they really give you a very deep insight as to what's going on. For example, if you are interested in the Russo-Ukrainian crisis, you can just go Google and there are like commentaries that will tell you every single thing back to like the early histories, like close to World War I, how the whole country split and what happened in between. That are like uh, stuff that are really easy to find in the online. So I would say that on international politics, I do agree with you that it is actually quite interesting, very easy to get into. Whoever is listening mm-hmm. to this, if they are like doubting about 
about whether you can really understand international politics, just go read up and you'll realize that you uh, things start to get more sense when you read more because you get to combine all these different perspectives. However, back to the issue of you know domestic politics, one thing I really think is like hindering the progress of general awareness about domestic politics is really this lack of um, commentaries that tell you every single thing about Malaysian history. So far, I think it's quite hard to find some things like this. And even in the Wikipedia page, I don't think they cover it that thoroughly. Like there are certainly things that I know which are not on the Wikipedia page and also things in the Wikipedia page that I do not know. So it's just a general gist of like this difference between international politics and domestic politics that let me perhaps like ask you since you are like more well-versed in domestic politics, has there been one single source or like a website where you can like completely trust what it's talking about, about uh, domestic politics and whatever backdrop or perspectives they offer? No, you can never trust the media fully. 100% no. Exactly. I, I, can't say that, I can't say that for sure. But uh, in my opinion, I would suggest Malaysia Kenya. It's, in, it's an independent, you know, uh, online-based. I think, it's, if I'm not mistaken, it's the largest web-based uh, news media out there, Malaysia Kenya. So I, I wouldn't say I rely heavy, heavily on it. But, you know, from time to time, I would, you know, search up articles or also, or also, you know, political history in Malaysia Kenya because they have archives and stuff like that. Yeah, Malaysia Kenya, I would suggest. On your opinion that domestic politics is harder to get into because uh, there, there's not much material out there. Yes, for sure. And I am also a victim of this. You know, Malaysian, Malaysian news media outlets should be ashamed of themselves <laughs> because, I mean, but to be honest with you, because Malaysia, the Malaysian market is much smaller if compared to the global market, you know, uh, international politics have a lot of commentaries, you know, I, I've seen those, I've seen those websites, you know, uh, New York Times, nah, not New York Times, nah, like the one you mentioned, uh, and also the Times, the Atlantic and stuff like that, uh, SCM, South China Morning Post, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of articles and also, and I've seen, you know, the, a brief, uh, like a short brief on the whole uh, Russia-Ukrainian conflict and stuff like that. It is because they have a wide market, they have a wide audience and they can do it because people pay for it, right? But for Malaysia, I, I don't think people, the media outlets don't earn much. And that's the thing. If they don't earn much, they don't have an incentive to create you know, more materials for the general public, right? And even for Malaysia Kini, the Malaysia Kini BM version is for free. And I don't think a lot of people subscribe to the English and Chinese version. So without, without money, without public support, they can't really do much. They can't really provide much materials for you know, people hungry for more po domestic politics or domestic political history content. So that's the thing. We don't have a market. And if, don't, if, and if you don't have a demand for it, there's no supply. It's basic economics. So yeah, it is much harder to get into domestic politics because of all the, yeah, the lack of material. But if you search harder, you will find uh, some content, some high top-notch quality content, but it's not much that you have to search hard. So uh, I can agree with you on, on this point. Yeah, true. At the same time, I think what you talked about, like you can never trust a single media on politics. That is absolutely <laughs> the cold truth. Like, I think another reason of like domestic politics being maybe complicated for some is because we really see such contrasting perspectives when you consume like information from different media outlets. And yes, I yes, yes, yes. do not have any suggestion as to like which media outlet is the most neutral or like whichever will give you the most truth because there's honestly no truth in politics. But, you know, at this point, I think we can like go on with the guessing game. So, yeah, we should. Um, I think you... <laughs> Off trail, I think. <laughs> I think you get your news feed from 
if I would say a passive source, I would definitely say you watch like, you know, the, the 8 p.m. news. That one is like your passive source of information. And actively, I think you might check your news feed quite often. As to the frequency, I would say maybe you might have your, the notifications on and maybe you have like apps or what. So whenever some headline breaks up or like some, some hot issue happens, you instantly get a notification and then you read it. I, I'm guessing that's your frequency of like, you know, reading news articles. <laughs> Right, so yeah, I would like to answer your, your guess. All right, first of all, I get my news feed from newspapers, mainly Sinchu Daily. I'm sorry, I only read Sinchu Daily. I'm, uh, <laughs> I don't like change, though, you know. Yeah, change is uncomfortable. I don't like to step out of my comfort zone. I'm sorry, Sinchu Daily is the best. Mm-hmm. I can't say it's neutral. It's the best, but it's not neutral. Right, for websites, yeah, Malaysia Kini. I really suggest Malaysia Kini. And if you have the time, go read every single article out there and then you'll be an expert in politics. Or, 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 or generally, like, not politics, but social issues. Like. And, you know, I also get emails and newsletters from Malaysia Kini and Ashwawani. And yeah, like, I, I, I normally get my news feed from social media passively. As students, we, we have a lot of homework, right? We have a lot of uh, quizzes, right? Tests. So, you know, as enthusiastic as I am, towards politics, I only proactively check my news, uh, my news feed every day or twice a day only, let alone an ordinary student. I mean, we really don't have the time to dig in or research much on you know, social issues or you know, the topics that we're interested in because frankly, we don't have the time. So that's mm-hmm. quite a pity lah, for students. You get your news feed from Facebook or other social media platforms passively and you check your news feed, news feed once in the blue moon proactively. <laughs> It's quite brutal, but it's okay. I'm not taking it personally. And I do think that's actually the general truth for like uh, youths who are, as you say, burdened with their studies. That is generally where they get their news from. And, but the truth is, uh, I get my news feed from newsletters that are sent to my email. I don't really read newspapers, mainly because it's not quite accessible as to the current situation I'm in. But yeah, I get them sent to my email, like uh, Council of Foreign Relations, uh, Word Crunch or Vox.com. Uh, and because I'm interested in international relations, these are the names of the media outlet that is working on an international stage. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I check my newsfeed um, daily, actually. I think this is quite a good habit. I started this in 2022. So maybe back then I didn't check it that much, but now I do. I check it daily. Perhaps like 10 to 20 minutes per day. And I also read the headlines on that one. Whatever comes on on my notifications feed. That's about that. And I think I'm actually like in the middle ground for that. And I do agree the fact that, you know, actually it's quite hard for us to ask for people to be actively learning about politics because studies as a student and work as an adult, and maybe later on in life, you have like different commitments and different issues you have to tackle. Okay, um, so for me, I think, we might share the same view on this, which is while reading this information, we should always keep in mind that uh, the truth might not be as it is being said. It's time for us to like do some of our own research if it's something that involves a lot of interest from different parties. And at the same time, have to like critically think about the issue. As in, you read like this certain article telling you what happened and maybe that article will draw their own conclusions on a certain issue. But it's always all right for you to think from a different perspective. Like for example, if people decide to think of uh, the Putin is deciding to conquer Ukraine for his political agenda and you think it's because of economic reasons or because of historical uh, factors, then it's absolutely right. 
And if there are like no new sources that support your claim, it doesn't mean that you're wrong. It's just that it might not be the general view. And it's always up to the readers to like fact check their own media consumption and to find substantiation for their own view before they start talking about an issue. So I think that's what you think. Well, kind of the same, but I've, I beg to differ on, criti- uh, criti- on critically thinking. Of course, you know, critical thinking is very important when it comes to, you know, analyzing and also addressing social issues. You need to be... You need to look from both sides because, to be frank, a lot of issues have two sides. But, but to, to think critically, you need facts, right? You need facts to think critically. But now, I, I'm talking about domestic politics here. Uh, but to be honest with you, it's very hard to get... I wouldn't say it's easy to get facts. Of course, you just read newspaper or just you know, dig some newspaper articles or something, then you'll get your facts. But those facts are known facts and they quote from each other. That's the worst thing I tell you. And sometimes they literally just, you know, say that, you know, according to which, which, which media outlet. So those facts are widely circulated, but those are known facts. And it's, to be fair, quite, sometimes quite shallow. And those political commentaries, and it, it actually depends on the author. Uh, some author will go to great lengths to discuss and also address one issue. The, the author will delve into, you know, research reports, will delve into statistics. Yeah, this is what I like about some political commentaries when, you know, addressing electoral victory, such as Barisan National's uh, recent electoral victory in Johor, they will give you statistics, you know, they will show you statistics and will show, they will show you the math, you know, the, the workings behind their statistics, which I think is great because it is, you know, uh, first-hand material, first-hand source. You can't really, you know, get much or you can't really form another opinion on these facts. So, yeah, I think it's a bit hard. And if you want to, you know, think critically and also, you know, really understand the whole issue, you really have to dig, dig in those research reports. You really have to, you know, look at the numbers. And most importantly, you have to be good in BM because you need to read those Kenyataan media. Because in Malaysia, the news okay. comes from Kenyataan media. For ordinary laymen, for ordinary, you know, citizens, I don't think they will go to great lengths as to, you know, read research reports, as to go to read Kenyataan media. They won't. So it's about effort. Lord. If a country's citizens give effort, they, they give effort, they demand the best from their media, they demand the best news, they demand a variety of facts, then, you know, then of course the, the, the views, the opinions there will be diverse and it will be much more, much more mature. But if the media outlet in, one's, uh, in one country is, it's, I won't say lazy, but I won't say lazy. I, I shouldn't call it lazy. <laughs> but, you know, if the media outlets are, I won't say laid back also. Ah, yes, lacking, lacking in maturity. Then, then, you know, the citizen can't really, you know, form a much opinionated view mm-hmm. on a certain issue. So that's my two cents on, you know, thinking critically. It's, it's, harder, than, it's harder than it seems la, to think critically, especially in this world where, you know, information, where there's a bunch of information, right? Information overload, we call it. But, you know, you don't know where to start. You don't know where to start, right? And sometimes the informations are repetitive, my guess is, you think that the best way for Malaysians to participate in politics is by voting? Yeah, that's, that's the answer. <laughs> and if the state, the elections will be held next month, but currently you're staying in a foreign country, you will. Uh, my answer is, my guess is, you will try your best to come back, but if it's not possible, then you will let it be. And if the state elections will be held next month, but I'm currently staying in a foreign country, well... I have a very rational answer for this. It honestly very much depends on the scenario. I think it might be quite safe when I say that if you provide someone with the scenario that the person has absolutely nothing, no commitments whatsoever, 
uh, no financial issues, no time scenarios, and oh, there's this state election, should I go vote? If it's convenient, of course, like, it's very easy for you to just say, uh, go vote, but there are like a lot of things in play also. Like, for example, if you say the person is staying in a foreign country, will the person even have like, adequate knowledge about what's going on in the state as to actually go elect? Or, um, you know, maybe there are like things like visa, I don't know. So it honestly very much depends on the scenario. I don't think this was a very good, you know, uh, frame of example. But I get what this means. It's like trying to ask people whether they would prioritize domestic politics over their personal interests. As like, if you're going for business in this country and it's like your own business, you can have the option to choose whether to stay on and to proceed on in your business or put it on hold, go back to elect. And this really shows like how much people value the domestic politics. But coming back to the conversation, I think you think that the best way for Malaysians to participate in politics is to read more, have open discussions about it, and dig for facts or explanations if you don't understand what's going on. So if the state elections will be held uh, and then you're like outside, you will come back. <laughs> yeah, I think you're quite accurate with your guess. Now, my answer is, you know, Malaysians can participate in politics not only by voting, but also by engaging themselves in public discussion. And also, which is, and also the sec secondly, most important thing, always monitor and pressure the government in areas of dissatisfaction. Because I would like to quote a political scientist, actually, uh, Wong Chin Huat, I think. I think he said something like, you know, politics is also involvement in politics. Citizens' involvement in politics is not, you know, just just by voting every five years, but it's actually a democratic process that happens daily. How do we participate in this democratic process? We monitor and also secondly, pressure the government in areas of dissatisfaction. We engage ourselves in public discussion. So I think that's the most important thing. You know, people should be engaged, people should be informed, and then they should form an opinion, a view on, you know, uh, on issues that are, you know, for them to, of utmost importance. And then they can also, if they want, you know, criticize or also give uh, constructive criticism to the government to the government of the day. So I think that's the most important thing. And if elections are held next month, but I'm currently living in a foreign country, I will travel back. You are, you're correct about that, but I will travel back a few days before election day so that I can observe and you know generally have fun during the last stretch of the campaigning period. And only then I'll make a decision of who's my desired ca uh, candidate. I, I like I like the election period. I like I like to witness the campaigning period. It gives me semangat. You know, it gives me a reason to be a, to be a Malaysian again. Lah. In your opinion, students should take part in citizenship education starting from the age of, I would say seven. That might be a bit extreme, but I think seven. And things that must be included in the class are such as perhaps history of the politics, like any political issues uh, of the country without censorship. And also like an introduction to each party as to how the whole situation has been. And also like, teaching people how to understand political jargon and like you said uh, earlier back then, how to understand the statistics of elections and how does election work? Like how do you uh, separate all those areas? I think these are all basic knowledge that have to be covered if you want to have anything that is like similar to citizenship education. So that's my guess. All right. I think you'll be in for a shocker because well, in my opinion, students should take part in citizenship education starting from the age of 16 that will be the more, more mature and also a right age for them to finally understand and also get to know the, the political scenario of our nation uh, that is a mess. And also, yeah, no, no, let's not delve into that thing. Right, those themes that must be included in the class are, uh, in my opinion, separation of power, 
basically the you know the clear separation of power the clear separation of power separation of power very important people should know like you know people should know and also i think we can also add you know you know some countries take separation of power to extreme levels like the united states you know they have the supreme court which plays a vital and pivotal role in their politics yeah you know, these, you know, uh, soul cases should be added into our curriculum too. Separation of power, I think, is very important. And secondly, the electoral system, like what, you know, Esther mentioned just now, uh, people should know how, you know, our electoral system works because they need to vote uh, uh, by the age of 18. And so they, they, they need to have a clear grasp and also understanding of how, you know, how this electo, uh, elected representative is elected, you know, what happens in the dune, what happens in the, in parliament, in both houses of parliament, in fact. And, you know, thirdly, most important thing, I think, is good governance. I think people, the, 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 they should teach good governments, good governance, introduce the concept of good governance to them. You know, what a perfect and also what a flawless civil service should look like. You know, uh, government contracts, how should they, open tender, how should they be, you know, uh, handled? I think these are very important because our country is grappling uh, with the problem of good governance, our civil service is not good enough. There are questions of kickbacks and also questions of bribery, you know, within the civil service itself. So, you know, so the judicial system, sadly, and, and also, you know, power struggle, cronyism. And so people should know about good governance, you know, this general concept, what is good governance? What is transparency? Thirdly, the history of democracy, both domestic and international. You know, students need to be taught uh, international democratic history in classes because I think uh, this left-right spectrum or there are a lot of stuff, you know, uh, in international politics other than the left-right spectrum, but, you know, I, I think students should also be taught, you know, about this, you know, the left-right differences and also uh, policy, policy differences, uh, you know, and other concepts, other jargons in, in the class, uh, other international, you know, politics in class because they can broaden their view on politics and not refrain and not refrain themselves like basically trapped and trapped themselves in you know Malaysia's uh, domestic political struggle or tussle like yeah because frankly speaking our politics is immature and if compared to you know the Western democracy that that have developed for technically speaking centuries uh, uh, we still have a lot to learn from them uh. so I would say you know if you add them add these you know political terms political concepts the left and right. Uh, in other electoral systems, you know, international politics in general, in, in Malaysian classes, you know, they can develop their own uh, international perspective and also, you know, get a grasp of what politics really is and, you know, how broad and how wide politics can be other than, you know, uh, Bumi or non-Bumi rights and, you know, that they should learn uh, from me. Lastly is global issues, uh, I think. I think global issues such as, you know, the one you mentioned just now, Russian-Ukrainian conflict, not necessarily Western's one, but in, in Asia also, Right, the Spratly Island, and also what was it? What's the other Passival, right? Is it if I'm mistaken? The other island group in South China Sea near Vietnam. Mm -hmm. yeah. Islands. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Parasol Islands. Yeah, I think they should learn more about global issues such that you know they can develop a more mature and also informed view on global issues like in the future. Moving on. In your opinion, students should take part in citizenship education starting from the age of 18. <laughs> so I think, you know, the, the themes that should be taught in classes are separation of power, electoral system, and also citizen responsibilities. I wrote this answer is because uh, this three theme is covered, I wouldn't say intensively, but covered in Sujara textbook, right? And also be loyal. Yeah, very important. Be loyal to the king and country. Sujara textbook mentioned this, but I don't think it's quite enough. I don't think it's quite enough. Okay, so in my opinion, students should take part in citizenship education starting from the age of 13, which is quite interesting okay. because still, yours still was young. 16. 
yes. month 13. Yes. <laughs> but um, I think, well, this nicely leads on to my uh, substantiation. It's because I think things that must be included in the class are such that, uh, like you say, modern history of the country, uh, recent issues of like politics, but also basic knowledge of economics, sociology, law, etc. And yeah, this, these are very broad topics. And that's why I like, put the age at like 13, because you need more time for that. Uh, but because I think politics, most people would think politics is a play of power. And that certainly seems to be the case in our country, where you basically just get for power, whoever gets power. Try not to get the other person get the power and the other person gets the power. Whoops, now you have to think how to get back the power. Uh, but politics in general, if you also take into account international politics, you realize that it's actually a topic that relies very heavily on other areas. Like politics cannot stand by itself alone if you don't take into account things like economics and law because essentially these are the things that people see for example if you yes. have good governance of the country uh, it's very easy for you to have an upper hand in politics because you are managing the economy good so you do need a certain knowledge of like other topics outside of politics to know how you should vote for whether this person is actually doing what the person is saying or are they just bluffing their way through and using their you know, good communication skills to appeal to the public and to earn votes? That's actually quite important. And I didn't include this answer, but now you mention it, I think it's also very important, which is patriotism. Definitely should add that in. I mean, so far, I'm not sure whether it's working or not, but I would say that... Oh, it's uh, working very my... fine, I tell you. People are yeah, too loyal to their country. Know. They can't think for themselves. They can't think for themselves. <laughs> Right. Okay, <laughs> but it's quite good. Uh. Like, uh, I would say that I, have, I did not realize I was that patriotic until I really left Malaysia. Yeah, I am apparently quite patriotic. So that part should be working quite good, but you can always add that in. Right. See, yeah, I, I totally agree on the part where you mentioned that politics can stand on, it, on its own. You know, politics is generally sociology, it's generally law, it's generally eco economics, right? It covers. Uh, it, it covers a myriad of you know uh, topics and also other 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 field other fields uh. So, but but the thing is, I don't think I don't think you know uh, high schools or, or or where you just mentioned just now, thirteen year olds should start learning citizen should start taking citizenship cards, right? Teens can't absorb that much uh. So I would still stick to my original idea where you know they should be taught. The most, the most basic lah, the, the, not not too not too deep, not too deep. Because yeah, politics can be an, an entanglement of different social issues. And yeah, basically politics cannot stand on its own, especially economics. I think economics play plays a very important part in politics because I read an article a few days ago that mentioned, you know, a very deciding factor, a very deciding factor that led to Pakata Harapan's victory during the 14th general election is, you know, economic. They played on economic issue very well. They played on GST. They played on you know the rising, uh, inflation. They played on you know ringgit's, uh, weakening role in in forex. And so yeah, economy is very important. And you know you can't talk about principle. You can't talk about, uh, you can't talk about political ideals when you know the rakyat can't be certain if there's a next meal in front of them. So I think economics is very important in politics. I, I don't think, you know, teaching a bunch of 13-year-olds interest rate <laughs> will, will, will get them interested in politics. Uh, so, uh, I don't think it will work. Uh, so, I don't know. What's your, what's your opinion? I'm not think, taking it as like something that you have to be so well versed in as to you can, at the age of 16, 
explain what macroeconomics is all about and you know what what is the human nature but i think a general thing people should realize about education is that it's it's never about learning too much you can never learn too much it's just like how much you are used to learning so i would say if you have to draw the an analogy between Malaysia's education system with that of other countries, you will find that we are quite laid back, <laughs> quite chill, just consume things as you go, you have whatever is needed will be enough. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but what I'm talking about is that if you have a basic knowledge of it in school, when you proceed on in life, you find that all of this knowledge just comes together as a part. It's like suddenly things start to make sense, like why is it this way? Like what have I learned? about these certain things, what are the underlying factors that led it to be this way. So I think it's more like trying to influence them at a young age to get them alert that there is this thing existing in the world beyond and you might not be able to understand it now, but it will make sense in the future. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, true. But if I have to say from the perspective of a student, like students never like that idea. Students will ask, why the hell are we learning this? And this only makes sense when you're like older, but you don't get old in like what one day. You never take it seriously until you realize it's important. And by that time, it's like, you know, you really can't do much about it anymore. So it's an idea. It's a bit hard to implement. Maybe someone will have to write a research report on that. But yeah, that's just my, my thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah, I do agree on your thought and also on research reports where you you mentioned on the last sentence someone should she should write a research report on it well the, uh, Malaysia's NGOs are actually I know but from what I see are uh, like you know Swaram say C4 they write a lot of research reports uh, they spam research reports like uh, basically every after after the joy elections you know for example if I'm mistaken there were like two or three research reports on Kesalahan Pilihan Raya on also their Pemantawan uh. and yeah uh, our NGOs are very uh, very hardworking. They write a lot of research reports, but sadly, none of them get adopted by the government, and none of them get to see, uh, and none of them get public discussion <laughs> as much public discussion. Uh, so, which is basically, which is for me quite a pity, because those ideas are very, very good and should be implemented. Such as, if I'm not mistaken, Bose had a few uh, idea on, you know, the the CDF Act concerning uh, constituency development fund. They had ideas on judicial reform, on how to reform the judicial appointments committee. They have ideas on, uh, on the GLC Act, you know, to prevent uh, MPs from getting selected as uh, G- to, to GLC posts, prevent, you know, rampant bribery. Uh. But, you know, very sad, uh, these research reports aren't, uh, I won't say they aren't available. You can just download that from the internet. So long as 30 pages PDF, I uh, see if I want to read it or not, uh, but yeah, uh, the general public don't really care about them and the government don't really implement them because there's no public discussion, there's no pressure for them, there's no initiative for government to implement it. So I think it's very sad. Those research reports are just lying there, you know, just uh, circulating within the academic, you know, uh, literature, but without ever impacting our democratic system. But that's fine. Yeah, that's, my, that's, that's just my rant on research reports. Uh. Right, so, okay, after this conversation, I feel that, I, I don't really feel anything, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> and some words to your pal today, yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you for, thank you for joining, first of all, and also for listening to my rants. You know, I like to rant about stuff. Uh, my family won't listen, or they, they, they won't understand, so I'm very glad three of y'all fall, fell victim and had to endure, <laughs> and endure this 
this torturous process of hearing me rant about random stuff. Uh. Well, keep up the good work because I, I know I know you are, you know, you, 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 are, you are involved and also participating in a few NGO initiatives. Keep up the good work. We need people like you. You know, we need people like you to keep on spamming those research reports. I tell you that. Right? Keep, keep up the good work. And yeah, and I'll, I'll share those reports. Uh, once in a full moon, I'll share those reports if they're good. And some words, right? What do you think about this initiative? Would you invite your friends to join it? Yes, most definitely. But because of the, thing about, the thing about politics in Malaysia is people are all... People are discussing within their own circles. So in terms of inviting friends, yeah, of course I'll invite friends. I'll invite my maybe my Malay friends. Uh. Yeah, I think it's great. Oh, I think it's a great initiative to be honest, because um people you can you can persuade others via discussions, right? That's the discussion is the most basic form of uh, it's the most basic form of politics, to be honest with you. Yeah, right? Politics come politics come from you know discussing and also making making concessions, negotiating. Uh, and I think, you know, through discussions, we can change a lot of people's mind. People can know more about each other. When you know more about each other, the other camp's view, then you won't talk trash or you won't talk bad about them because you know what they're thinking. You know, you know their thought process. You know why they came up with this idea. And so, you know, more, more Malaysians should join, should, should join in the fun, right? You know, even if you can't change anything, Right, you only vote uh, once every five years anyway. But, you know, still discuss. Share your thoughts. Share your views. All right? Add your, add, your, add your rant to this diverse pool of opinion. And maybe, maybe it's a small change, but you'll still have a great impact on Malaysian politics, I think. So, yeah, I think it's a great initiative for people to discuss. It's your turn. <laughs> Very interesting view. Um, but after this conversation, I would say that I have a better understanding of why I have certain tendencies towards certain areas of politics. And I think, actually, like, all these things, all these mindsets or, like, uh, beliefs we have are actually quite deep-rooted within us. But sometimes we just need that extra push for us to, like, actually, like, acknowledge that this is a thing. So I have always known that I <laughs> like international politics over domestic politics. And I kind of knew the reasons, but... Uh, after like talking like this and also like discussing about what we could do about it, it just really led me to acknowledge these root causes because say it out loud makes it true. And I don't know for like other people, but at least for me, whenever I know like there's something true and there's something I can do about it to make it better, I will take action. So maybe afterwards, I will start to think of ways to like make uh, my interest more balanced. Uh, but generally, I think it's quite interesting and also quite motivating to see someone who is passionate about something to like share their own thoughts on a certain topic because you never know, you know, right? You, you, you might think, you're, oh, I'm not interested in politics. Maybe you just need to talk to someone passionate in politics like Tianhe oh, and then you suddenly find your interest in politics uh, and you decide to, I don't know, pursue your career in it and yeah, that's good for you. So <laughs> after this conversation, one thing I uh, realized is that uh, I have a better understanding of why I like certain things and also um, I think it's also a very good place for us to like acknowledge and observe all these differences like Tianhe mentioned, like these differences that exist within us, what has led us to have this certain conclusion about a certain issue. So that is what I think about the conversation and um, yeah, now I think politics is more important after this conversation. So maybe he has succeeded in his goal. <laughs> and some words to my pal is um, great job. I love how the way you can like, just pick examples out of nowhere 
Not out of thin air. Just, like, <laughs> just ranting. Yeah, out of thin air. <laughs> suddenly, oh, like, okay, let's talk about this issue. Or oh, yeah, maybe let's just talk about that history. I absolutely love that. It just like shows that you have a very solid knowledge of what's going on and background knowledge, which I think is very important for anyone who's like planning to have conversations. You can have conversations without background knowledge, but you cannot have conversations where you act like you have the knowledge and then you like just, you know, use the mainstream things you know. That is actually a pitfall that everyone should look up for. And I think Tianhe is a great demonstration of, you know, how to really go deep and go broad in your area of interest so as to become kind of like a semi-professional. I'm not saying a professional uh, because I don't think you like that title. Oh, not even semi, man. Not even semi. <laughs> I, never mind. This is my general perception of you. Okay, a semi-professional. So, yeah, good job. Keep up the good work. I will try to understand what you are writing more often. <laughs> I will try to read more of all the articles and commentaries you share. And um, about this initiative in a whole, first of all, I would definitely uh, recommend my friends to like join in. Or even if you are, even if you are not my friend, even if you are just like stranger listening to this podcast, you know, just join. I don't know if like, they open up spots, but as long as you have some thoughts on it, just join because you never know what other people can bring to the table. And at the same time, you have to acknowledge that it is time for you to step out of your own comfort zone and listen to what others have to say. And um. What I think about this initiative is that it's a very interesting thing to like, you know, come together and just guess what the other person would think about it. Even though yeah, in yeah, yeah. Uh, Tian Hang and my case, <laughs> that wasn't really uh, effective because we felt me each other. But um, if you kind of ever have this chance to like just meet a stranger up straight and talk to so- them about it, it's... Um, I think it's very good. It's like very, very useful because you are free of all those assumptions and generalizations you have of a person that you already know and you're like facing this person up front. And that is absolutely better than like producing your ideas behind a screen or like on your keyboard because verbal, verbal uh, expressions are much more useful and at the same time, you don't really recognize the impact and the uh, reasons that you have when you say something unless you actually talk it to someone who you know is like existing because you see them face to face so yeah that's just my thought about this initiative and it's great yeah thank you very much for inviting us and yeah. good job yeah round of applause for Esther's well, uh, well articulated ending man my, my, my thoughts also thanks to Tian Heng and Esther we hope that everyone who is interested can join the discussions in our community as well as participate in this open podcast. If you like today's episode, be sure to subscribe our podcast, follow Tech Initiative on various social media and share it to your friends. You are welcome to take a peek at our official information page for further information. Links are in the show notes section below. Thank you for listening to our open podcast. See you in the next episode.